your name be our petition when we pray, when we pray, when we pray, 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 Lord show us the way, pray, pray, mm-hmm. when you pray. For wisdom and not reason when you pray, let his name be your petition when you pray. When you pray, oh, when you pray, 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 God, show us the way, show us.
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins, and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave, and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me. 
whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is impatiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if anybody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution, to think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit man has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have sent your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do, and the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life, through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them, and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me, and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrificed has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. Amen. That's right. And good evening and welcome to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. So happy Sabbath to you and we always look forward to studying the Bible together. It is a wonderful night, blessed night. Uh, happy Sabbath. It's just wonderful to be here again to uh, share this Sabbath with you. And together as a whole, on the same accord, and that is to praise and praise. Lift up Jesus. Yeah, lift up Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're going to be talking about restless and rebellious. Mm. And we're going to start off with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Now all these things happen to them as an examples and they were written for our ammunition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So over the centuries, many people have reported strange, restless behavior in dogs and other domestic animals before major earthquakes. The scientists have now established that animals are able to detect the first of an earthquake's waves, the pressure waves that arise that arrives in advance of the secondary shaking wave. So this probably explains why animals have been reported as acting confused or restless right before the ground starts to shake. Some animals, such as elephants, can perceive low-frequency sound waves and vibrations from four shocks, which humans can't detect at all. Yeah, have you... Uh... <clears throat> Have you ever noticed when you see birds in the sky flying all over the place, but when there's a storm... You don't uh, see them. You don't see them. They detect the storm is on right. the way. They're gone. You don't see birds flying anywhere because they can detect God is good. He it makes sure everything perfect. Amen. Everything. You know, in this week, we're going to be studying, we're going to look at some examples of strange human restlessness that was brought about not by impending natural disasters such as earthquakes, but rather by the basic sinfulness of fallen human beings who are not resting in what Christ offers all who come to him in faith and obedience. So in Israel, Israel must have felt restless and unhappy when they departed Sinai on their way to Canaan. More than a year had passed since they had left Egypt. They were ready to enter the promised land and they had been counted and organized. They had witnessed incredible displays of divine favor and clear signs of God's presence. Yet... Their first stop following their departure from uh, the Mount Sinai find them complaining. So they start complaining. And complaining. And complaining. So we're going to go <laughs> to the Old Testament in Numbers. 
Numbers 11. Starting at verse 1. Numbers. Number. 11. Right there. Numbers 11. Mm -hmm. Starting at verse 1. 11. Okay. Verse 1. There we go. So, what are the Israelites complaining about? We're going to read that in Numbers 11, starting at verse 1. And the people grumbled and deplored their hardship, which was evil in the ears of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. The people cried to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire subsided. He called the name of the place uh, Tamara, burning, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Verse 4, And the mixed multitudes among them, the ramble who followed Israel from Egypt, began to lust greatly for familiar and dainty food. And the Israelites wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? Oh, boy. Uh -oh. So what was, it, what was they complaining about? Me. I mean, think about it. God freed them. Right. Got them out of slavery. Freed them. Gave and them they complained about meat. And they were stuck on some meat. So the Israelites craved the meat. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic of Egypt. Who will give us meat to eat? So we remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers and the melon, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. So they also must have suffered from severe selective memory <laughs> when they remembered the food and forgot the slavery and unbelievable hardship that they went through. So they totally forgot what they went through, but they remembered the onions and the cucumbers and the melon and the meat. No, it's just like we are. Uh -huh. we, we, we can go through cancer. Mm. and have cancer, and God sealed through that. And we'll forget that we had cancer and remember our, our money, our cars, our homes, everything of the world, and forget where we were and where God brought us from. Yes, absolutely. And, absolutely. and once we get back on our feet, we forget mm. all about where we were and where God brought us from. We get back into the worldly things thinking about our bank accounts and our automobiles and, and our jobs mm -hmm. and how much money we make per hour and, and where we're going on vacation and, mm -hmm. and all of those things and forget. And this is just what they did. God freed them from slavery and once they were freed and out of the hands of the enemy, they forgot. Mm. And all they can remember is the cucumbers, the melons, and the meat. <laughs> so <laughs> they had been fed by God's manna for more than a year. Yet they felt restless and they wanted something else. Even Moses was affected. 
trying to lead a group of restless people is not easy. Mm. But Moses knew whom to turn to. Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? And that's what he said in in verse 11. There you go. It was in verse 11. And Moses said, Why have you dealt ill with your servants? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you laid the burden of all these people on me? So how does God respond to the complaints? We're going to go to Numbers 11. We're going to go to verse 16 on that. And the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take of the spirit which is upon you and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you may not have to bear it yourself. And say to the people, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall not eat one day, or two, or five, or ten, or twenty days, but a whole month until you are uh, saturated and vomited up violently. (laughs) And it comes out of your nostrils and is disgusting to you because you have rejected and despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? Sound like the Lord was a little angry with them. He was, because he got a little tight with them. That's right, we're going to 21. But Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen, besides all the women and the children. And you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be killed to suffice them, or should all the fish of the sea be collected to satisfy them? And the Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's hand, his ability and power become short, thralled, and inadequate? You shall see now whether my word shall come to pass for you or not. But Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered seventy men of the elders and the people and set them round about the tent. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and put it upon the seventy elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, sounding forth and sounding forth the praise of God and declaring his will. Then they did so no more. But then, but there remained two men in the camp named Elday and Midai, the spirit rested upon them, and they were of those who were selected and enlisted, yet they did not go out to the tent, as told to do, but they prophesied in the camp. So, God is not deaf to our needs when we feel restless. 
In Israel's case, he gave them quail to satisfy their hunger for meat. But it wasn't really the meat Israel was wanting. That's right. Right. So when we are unhappy and restless and angry, what we are angry about is often just a denotator, uh, not the cause of the conflict. We fight because there is something deeper amiss affecting our underlying relationships. So Israel rebelled against God's leading something that we all have to be careful about, no matter how, no matter our immediate situation and contact, for it's easier to do when we think. See, we got to remember that when we start getting restless, just like you said, and we start feeling discouraged, it's something deeper than what we think. That's right. It's something deeper than what we think. That's right. And now they have to do continue to let Moses lead them as God had told Moses to do. But they start leaning to their own understanding and thought about what they had in Egypt and not realizing what God had freed them for and let me lead them back into a temptation that they wanted out of. Right. Exactly. And not realizing that they had been freed and they had just been patient they could have had all the meat that they wanted once they reached their destination. Exactly. So this restless behavior and this this uh, rebellious behavior can be really contagious. So we're going to go to Numbers chapter 12. Starting at verse 1. Now Memron... Mirai and Abram talked against Moses, their brother, because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. And the man, Moses, was very meek, gentle, kind, and humble, or above all the men on the face of the earth. So, Memorim and Aaron were unhappy about Moses' wife, just like he said. And Zipporah was an outsider hailing from Midian. Even among Israelites' elite, the fallenness of their nature was revealed, and not in a very pleasant way either. So the biblical text, however, clearly shows this to be pretext. The main focus of their complaint is about prophetic gifts. So they, they was complaining about meat and restless, but they were more concerned about, well, Moses is speaking. Why can't we have that gift? And how come we can't, you know, have that prophetic gift like Moses? Well, that, was their, that was their main complaint, the prophetic gift. About a gift that wasn't even there right. in the beginning. The gift was for Moses. Moses was sent to help them be free from their burden. Mm -hmm. and, not, and not sent to give them a gift. The gift was to free them. They had their gift. Exactly, because now they felt threatened by the new leadership developed 
and said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? So because he's because he, the Lord told Moses, pick 70 of the Israel elders, and Aaron and Miriam was not one of them. They got jealous. So God's response was immediate and leave no room for interpretation. The prophetic gift is not a weapon to be used to wield more power. Moses was well suited for leadership because he had learned how extremely dependent he was on God. See, that's what people got to understand. Just yeah. because you got that gift, that that doesn't mean that I get the same gift because you learn. Right. See, Moses had, Moses had a relationship with God. He learned to depend on it. He was obedient to God. See, that, that's what they didn't understand. Right. The relationship that Moses had with God and Moses was obedient to God. Moses... Uh, Moses did with Moses God. Moses was gentle and kind and humble. Right, and humble. See, that is the word right there, humble. And, and that's what God would be looking for. Man, they had a totally different uh, idea of power and control. Yes. They that's had right. a whole different concept of what Moses, of what Moses had. Mm -hmm. And they see, did. God knew that. He sure did. Yeah. So yeah. that's what made, made the difference in them having what Moses had. Mm hmm I just think if God gives some of us the things that Moses had today, well, what shape would we be in? Well, we wouldn't lean on God like we're supposed to. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> that's the that's problem true. with man today. That's true. So the fact that Miriam is, a, is mentioned before Aaron in, in Numbers 12, one suggests she may have been the instigator of the attack on Moses at this time. Aaron was serving as Israel's high priest. If he had been struck with leprosy, he would not have been able to enter the tabernacle and minister on the people's behalf. So God's punishment of Miriam with temporary leprosy communicates vividly his displeasure with both of them and helps bring about the attitude change that the family needs. That this family needs. So Aaron pleaded for her, affirms that he too was involved. And that was in Numbers chapter, we go to verse 11 on that. And Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, I plead with you, lay not the sin upon us, in which we have done foolishly, and in which we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, already have deep repose when he comes out of his mother's womb. So, because of what they did, the leprosy was on his wife, Memron. So, now instead of criticism and restlessness, we see Aaron pleading for her. And we see Moses interceding on her behalf. So, this is the attitude that God wants to see in his people. He hears and he heals her. That's right. Isn't that something? Uh, uh, yes, that's something. But see, we're so busy complaining and restless that we can't even see the errors of our own ways. So how can you pray for somebody else? We can't. That's what God is saying. Exactly. Until we can see the errors of our own ways, 
how can we stand in the in the hallway of prayer for someone else? We can't if we be in rebel restless and rebellious ourselves. Because see this story began on a positive note. The Israelites had finally reached the borders of Canaan and twelve spies were sent to explore the land. Their report is extraordinary. So, in spite of Caleb's intervention, the voices of the doubters and skeptics prevailed. The Israelites did not set out to conquer what God had promised them. Restless at heart, they chose weeping and murmuring, murmuring over marching and shouting for victory. This is what we do. <laughs> we do that, don't we? Instead of us, thank you, Lord, and praise the Lord for what he has done in the past. We complain about what we don't have. Right now. Right now. Instead of saying, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for keeping me today. Amen. And yesterday and the day before, we're complaining about what we don't have right now. You're right about that. Because when we are restless at heart, we struggle to walk by faith. Restlessness, however, does not affect our emotions alone. Scientists tell us that there is a direct line of cause and effect between too little rest, including lack of sleep, and bad choices, resulting in obesity, addiction, and more restless and unhappiness. That is very, very true. So, and we're going to go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14, starting at 1. And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice, and they wept that night. And all the Israelites grumbled and deplored the situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, Would that we had died in Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Wow. So they complain again. So things move from bad to worse. So Caleb uh, desperately pleaded, only do not rebel against the Lord. So we're going to read and we're going to read three. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and little ones will be a prey. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? <laughs> there they go. They lost, they lost what? They lost faith again. Yes, they did. They lost faith again. They, they want to go back to Egypt again. Why? They lost faith. They lost faith when all they had to do was keep their faith. But they said, is it not better for us to return to what? Egypt, right. back to Egypt, they, they, again, they did not keep the faith in Jesus. Exactly. So restlessness leads to rebellion, and rebellion ultimately leads to death. So the unfaithful spies were loud in denunciation of Caleb and Joshua, and the cry was raised to stone them. The insane mob seized missiles with which to slay those faithful men. They rushed forth with yells of madness when suddenly the stones dropped from their hands 
a hush fell upon them, and they shook with fear. So, let me read a little, little, little bit about this, Rome 4. And they said, uh, and they said one to another, let us choose a captain and return to Egypt. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of Israelites. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Japheth, who were among the scouts who had searched the land, rent their clothes. And they said to all the company of Israelites, The land through which we pass as scouts is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So God had interposed to check their murderous designs. The glory of his presence, like a flaming light, illuminated the tabernacle, and all the people behold the signal of the Lord. A mightier one than they had revealed himself, and none dared continue their resistance. For the spies who brought the evil report, crouched terror-stricken, with bated breath, sought their tents. When we gotta remember, God, He let them know you can't stone these people. These are God's people. You can't That's stone right. them. These are God people. So mm-hmm. God showed up. And as you do, show up and show out. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do show up. That's what, yeah, that's, and when you got people and you obey, do as they ask, you have nothing to worry about. Can't no one touch you, put their hands on you, because God has got you covered. Exactly. We're going to read in uh, Stand 14, we're going to go to 11 12. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke, spurn, despise me? And how long will it be before they believe me, trusting in, relying on, and clinging to me for all the signs which I have performed among them? I will smit them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of you, Moses, a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, when you brought up this people in your might from among them. And they will <coughs> excuse me, tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are in the midst of the of this people of Israel, that you, Lord, are seen face to face, and that your cloud stands over them, and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. So God is offering to destroy the Israelites and make a whole new nation with Moses as a father of them all. And so Moses is saying, he interceded for the people. We'll go to um, 15. Now, if you kill all these people as one man, then the nation that have heard your fame will say, because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore to give them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I pray you, let the power of my Lord be great 
as you have promised, saying, The Lord is long-suffering, slow to anger, and abundant in mercy and loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children upon the third and the fourth generation. And we'll go to 19. Pardon, I pray thee, the iniquities of this people according to the greatness of your mercy and loving kindness that as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. So Moses interceded for these restless, rebellious people. Yes. What a, what a blessing. So what, what does Jesus do for us now? Same thing. Same thing. It's the same great good God yes, now as he was then. He gave the same mercy now as he did then. We are his people. We are his people. And he's given mercy to us as he did them then. Right. He's waiting. He's holding back the wind. He's giving us time. He's giving us mercy yes, he to is. get it together, to get our lives right. Amen. He's the same God. He's giving us time. Wait, where, where, where is you? Get oh, it together. What right about that? That's right. Where is you? He's giving us that time to get our lives together, giving it order. That mercy is standing right here for us. Well, we, right. we Israel, they came from Egypt. Yeah, they, well, Israel. Spiritual Israel. Right. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. Sorry. But he's giving us that time to get it together. That's right. And so before we move on, we're going to take a break. We're going to play a song. But we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. You should. 
Are you ready? Are you ready to serve the Lord? Amen. Amen. If you are, you, if you're not, you better get ready. <laughs> better get ready. I'm telling you, cause time is winding up here, and if sure you're not is. ready to serve the Lord, you're going to be left out of the kingdom. I tell you. That's right. If we can put it in the way we want to. We can say it in the way we want to, but you have to be ready to serve Him here, in order to serve Him up there. Amen. That was well said. So we thank you for joining us here, right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. If you just joined us, we are talking about restless and rebellion. We talked about Israel and their restlessness and their rebellion, and we, that is an example for us because we are doing the same thing. So Moses also he pleaded for the people. And that is an example of what Christ does for us. Their guilt, our guilt, is not even questioned. And yet Moses pleads, saying, according to the greatness of your mercy, please forgive these people. And just as the Lord did, then because of Moses' intercession, thus he does for us because of Jesus, because of his death and the resurrection and intercession for us. Yeah, that's the same thing that Jesus is doing for us. It's what Moses did for those people. Right. Jesus is standing, pleading to his father. Not yet, father. Give him a little more time and, and let him get a little more time to get it right, father. Not yet. Just a little more time. That's right. Pleading for us, making the way for us to get it right. Get things in order. He keep pleading. He's been standing there pleading and pleading and pleading, waiting on you, waiting on me to, right. to accept his father. Exactly. So 
Moses pleads, pardon the iniquity of this people. Now pray according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. So grace combats rebellion and restlessness at its core. Forgiveness offers new beginnings. Yet there are costs. Grace can never be cheap. Though forgiven, the people will face the consequences of their rebellions. And that generation will not enter into the promised land. And we can look at that in, uh, we're in Numbers 14. Keep it there. We're going to 20. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live and as all the earth should be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men who have seen my glory, my miraculous signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have tested and proved me these ten times and have not heeded my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give to their fathers, nor shall any who provoke, spurn, or despise me see it. This is the consequence. He forgave them, yeah. but they had consequences to face. As we are. He yes, forgives us all, but the consequences are still there for the sin that you've done. You still have to pay the consequences. Yes, Can't get do. around that. Can't get around it. But mercy has been given, but the consequences are still there. That's right. And yes, God will sustain them for another 38 years in the wilderness. He will feed them. He will speak to them from the sanctuary. He will be at their side in the wilderness, but then they will die. And a new generation will have to pick up the baton and the fine rest in the promised land. It sounded like judgment, yet it really was grace. Oh, yes. How would this, gen that's right. How would yes. this generation be able to conquer Canaan's powerful city-states if they had not yet learned to trust him? And how would they be light to the nation when they themselves were stumbling in the darkness? That's right. As God said, I, as the Lord said, and I, the Lord said, I have had mercy, as mm -hmm. you said. Right. He had mercy because he, if we get what really we deserve, mm, we'd be dead. Some of us wouldn't be here today. All of so us would be here. He, he, he have had mercy. Whether we know it or not, even though we are getting the consequences, mercy had been given. Grace and mercy. Because if mercy had been given, some of us wouldn't be still walking today. Amen. Some of us wouldn't be still talking today. Mm. Some of us wouldn't still have our eyesight. Some of us wouldn't be able to still touch and feel mm -hmm. because mercy was given. That's why we are still doing these things. That's right. It's grace and but mercy. But the consequences are still, we still have to suffer the consequences. But God gave us mercy. We still have our eyesight. We're still able to walk. We didn't get the full consequences of what we deserve. That's right. Because... Throughout history, God's people have been roaming in the wilderness as they seek the promised land. This wilderness has many faces. Right now, 
It looks like an endless meteor barrage. The constant beeps of incoming messages and the deep roar of interminable entertainment. It tries to sell us pornography as love and materialism as the answer to our problems. If we just could be a bit fitter, a bit younger, a bit more influent, or a bit sexier, that would take care of all our problems. Right. <laughs> right. Well, we can believe that we like to, that that would take care of everything. But see, right now, we're in the wilderness. Yes. And we just keep roaming and looking. Okay, if I move over here, or if I go over here and work out, if I go ahead and get my facelift, if I want to, you know, all of this, like you said, constantly. Not, not knowing that what's going to take care of your problem it's is Jesus Christ. Christ. He is the only one that's going to take care of your problem. No, won't, money won't do it. Nope. How fine home won't do it. Big nope. automobile won't do it. Big, uh, well-paying job won't do it. Uh, Whatever of this world won't do it, but Jesus Christ will take care of it. Well, just like the Israelites, we are restless in our search for peace. And so often we look for it in the wrong places. In the wrong places. That's right. Look up, not around. Look up. Amen. See, we have this half hearted commitment. It's like a poorly administered vaccination. <laughs> It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it so, doesn't work. It don't. It doesn't. So no. today, doctors recommend a hepatitis B vaccination right after birth within the first 24 hours of life. That's good beginning. That's a good beginning. But however, following that first shot, if there are not two or three boosted vaccinations administered at the right time and and the right dose, then there is no protection against hepatitis B whatsoever. All right, amen. We say that again. That's say right. That again. If you don't, you, we got the hepatitis B vaccination. We get one right after birth, within the first twenty-four hours. But if we don't go back and get the the other two, then it's not going to protect us from hepatitis B. So, in other words, we got to. Be committed, we gotta be loyal, and we gotta do what God has asked us to do and stop being so rebellious and restless. And get the first shot, which is Jesus, and don't have to worry about the second, right. the first, second, two. That's right. Be healed the first time. Amen. So Israel rebellious turn around, reported in the last verse of number fourteen, results in death and disappointment. As the Israelites now refuse to accept God's new direction, and stubbornly launch an attack without the Ark of Covenant or Moses' leadership. That's the reason why they died. Mm -hmm. So consumption is costly. Consumption leads to death. Very often, consumption is powered by fear. Because we are afraid of something, we make decisions that we later regret. Yes, and we're always, mm. we're always afraid of what we do not understand. Same. That's very true. That's what we're afraid of. When we with. say, well, if, if I do this, then I don't have to worry about this. 
or the doctor said, well, this is this. And then you said, well, no, I think it's this. Well, you presume and you don't really know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. That's why, you know, the, the Lord tells us to not lean to your what? Own understanding. Right. Because you're presuming. You're presuming up on your own understanding. And, and, and what happens when we do that? We always end up with the short end of the stick. Every time. Like he said, you know, if we, he said, do not presume upon his grace. Don't do that. No. Trust him. Walk by faith and not by sight. That's right. Because we can't do anything without faith to please God. And he told us that in his word. Now, we have faith in everything else. We have faith in the wrong things. And yes. like that. We got faith in the wrong things. Have faith <laughs> in Jesus. That's right. He then told us over and over. That's right. Amen. So, but faith is no sense aligned to presumption. Only he who has true faith is secure against presumption. All right. There you go. So presumption is Satan's counterfeit of faith. Faith claims God's promises and brings forth fruit and obedience. Well, presumption also claims the promises, but uses them as Satan did to excuse transgression. Faith will have led our first parents to trust the love of God and to obey his commands. But presumption led them to trans transgress his law, believing that his great love would save them from the consequences of their sin. It is not faith that claims the favor of heaven without complying with the conditions on which mercy is to be granted. So genuine faith has its foundation in the promises and the provisions of the scriptures. Amen. And that's what yeah. he keep telling us. We have to trust in God's word. We have to trust in his promises. We have to lean on God, not our own understanding, and not presume, oh, well, maybe it's this. No, maybe I need to go back and do this, instead of asking God and believing what he tells us to believe. That's what he tells us over and over. But that's God. He tells it all the time. To trust in Him. Well, you know, you see, uh, God is unhappy when you don't have faith. Because if you don't have faith, you don't trust Him. Right. And if you don't have faith, you can't do anything for Jesus. No, you can't. That's why you, you know, get anything from Jesus. You don't get healing. You don't get the Holy Spirit. You don't get anything because you can't do anything for Him. And if you can't do anything for Him, don't expect Him to, don't expect him to do anything for you. Exactly. So, now that Israel sincerely repent of their sinful conduct, but they sorrow because of the result of their evil cause, rather than from a sense of their ingratitude and disobedience. When they found that the Lord did not relent in his decree, 
their self-will again arose, and they declared that they would not return into the wilderness. In commanding them to retire from the land of their enemies, God tested their apparent submission and proved that it was not real. They knew that they had deeply sinned in allowing their rash feelings to control them and in seeking to slay the spies who had urged them to obey God. But they were only terrified to find that they had made a fearful mistake, the consequences of which would prove disastrous to themselves. Their hearts were unchanged, and they only needed an excuse to occasion a similar outbreak. So this presented itself when Moses, by the authority of God, commanded them to go back in the wilderness. So they wasn't really sorry. They were just... Doing what they did. Yeah, doing they weren't what... sorry because of their ingratitude and their disobedience. That's what they were sorry for. Exactly. They should have been sorry for that, but they wasn't. But they wasn't. So and... in other words, God tell us when we repent, we need to really repent and be sorry for our sins and our disobedience and our rebellions. Right, right. You know, just like a child. Because God will test you. He, he's not sorry for what he's done. He's just he's sorry, sorry he because he got found out. Because he got caught. <laughs> That's what he's sorry for. He's not sorry because what he did, but he's sorry because he got caught That's in it. doing what he did. And that's where we are. We're not sorry for our sin. We're sorry because we got caught. Exactly. And the Lord is telling us, be sorry for the sin. Because if in fact that you don't, you will be tested. That's right. And found that you are fake. So, in other words, seek God, trust Him, walk by faith, and not by sight. Amen. So, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're going to come back with closing comments and prayer. And we're also going to give you our email address if you have any questions or you need prayer. So again, keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Tonight, let the devil know that you encouraged. Let him know that you encouraged. Let him know. Hallelujah. I don't know about you tonight, but somebody may be crying, but I come to let you know that God can make it all right. <laughs> to see but God is gonna work it out if you just believe remember this one thing 
trials are just a test. Just a test of your faith. So stand strong and dry your weeping eyes. Cause joy comes in the morning and everything is gonna be, gonna be alright. Join us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. We pray that you were blessed. And one thing we want to let you know, God is saying his word, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that's what he wants us to do. He has given us instructions, biblical instructions before leaving earth. He has given us his word, the Bible. And that's what he wants us to follow. That's that's what the Bible stands for. Biblical instructions before leaving earth. That's what the Bible stands for. Remember that. That's right. So we thank you. We want to pray that the Lord is with you always and that you seek first his kingdom and all of his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. So we're going to... Give you our email address. If you need prayer, if you have a Bible question, you can send us an email at robtgina50 
at gmail.com and we're going to have closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings and have a good night.